What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. As crazy as all this sounds, like I became addicted to the mountains and to climbing like that. Being in those really extreme conditions and like with a team that you just learn to communicate with mm-hmm. outwards with and just like being out there it was just like something in my soul I was 24 years old that I didn't even know was within me was just like woken up welcome to jump podcast formerly known as the budget-minded traveler I'm your host traveling Jackie and I'm here to explore travel adventure and lifestyle in ways meant to motivate you to move and get out and see the world Let this show be a source of travel advice and inspiration, but remember that in the end, it's you who takes the leap. All right, welcome back, everybody. I hope you're doing well today, wherever you are. I am doing great. I'm heading to Patagonia in a week, which is where I will be when this show goes live. Not for a group trip this time, but for another very special collaboration Um, If you're following my Instagram at Traveling Jackie, you're probably seeing it real time, but I'm actually heading there to shoot a film project with Osprey Packs. Um, You guys know how much I love Osprey Packs and I couldn't be more excited to be collaborating with them in this capacity. Um, And on that note, I am now officially an Osprey Packs ambassador And I am so honored to be aligning my brand with a brand that I respect so much. I know that so many of you out there use Osprey Packs um, or even specifically the Farpoint because of what you've read on my blog or heard me talk about on this show and seen in the BMT community. So um, there's my bit of exciting news for the day. Cheers to that. And the beauty, of course, uh, well, there's lots of beauties of being in this world of online entrepreneurship, but... Uh, One of the beauties is location independence. So I'm actually taking an entire month to hang out in Patagonia um, before coming back to Montana for the summer. And you should already know that if you want to go to Patagonia with me, not on this trip, obviously, but in the future, you can always check out travelingjackie.com slash trips to see when I am taking a group there next. We are going this November And there are still spaces available as of this recording. So check that out, travelingjackie.com slash trips. We are continuing with our trekking theme today. Um, And I have a very special guest. Her name is Chelsea. And she is a badass who has traveled all over the world, usually in search of climbing or hiking or some sort of backcountry activity. And she's here today to share with us about three different experiences she's had traveling with Knowles, which some of you may be familiar with. If not, don't worry. She's going to explain everything. Uh, But the best part about this is that Chelsea also happens to be my brand new sister-in-law. So I'm actually inviting her to do this with me in person so we can drink champagne and chat together. And I'm so happy to be welcoming her to the show and introducing her to you all today. Uh, But before we get started with Chelsea, let's thank Escape Camper Vans for supporting the show and for hooking us up with a sweet discount of 10% off your first rental. If you guys haven't heard of Escape Camper Vans, they are the largest camper van rental company in North America with over 600 vans and 12 depot stations across the US and Canada. 
They offer the perfect solution for an adventurous weekend or a one-way road trip. Yes, you can do one-way rentals with them. Um, Or are any of you out there thinking about van life? Because this would be a perfect opportunity to try it out before you commit. Um, They sleep up to four to five people. They have kitchens with sink and stove and fridge, plus kitchen and bedding kits for rent. So you don't have to have all your own gear as you travel. You can just rent and go. Um, The vans fit into most tent sites and parking spots, so they are appropriate for off-the-beaten-path travel, and rentals start at just $37 a day in low season. And like I mentioned, they're hooking us up with a 10% discount. So go to escapecampervans.com slash jump and enter the promo code JUMP10 to get 10% off your first rental. Thanks again to Escape Camper Vans for that. All right, let's go ahead and get Chelsea on here. Okay, I am here with my sister-in-law, Woo! Chelsea. I almost said Kumba. <laughs> so my brother just got married, actually, and my lovely sister-in-law is here. And we're actually doing this one in person. And so um, if the audio sounds different, that's why. We're currently sitting in my house in Bozeman, Montana, and we are about to pop some champagne because Chelsea and Daryl actually just got back from their honeymoon. Yeah, we did. Which was in Japan. <laughs> Which was amazing. Which is a whole nother story that I would love to talk about at some point. It um, is. But I'm going to go ahead and open this while we get started here. So, but the reason, not Japan, um, the reason that you are here to talk with me today is because you have done um, three, apparently, three Knowles courses. Yep. And this is greatly interesting to me because it's like... What I like about it is it's it's like a structured, it's structured. It's kind of like mm-hmm. handheld, meaning like it's planned for you. You sign up for something. Yep. Um, abroad or domestic, you've done a couple, a few. Yeah, there's a um, curriculum. Okay, mm-hmm. very cool. Yeah. yeah. And this is just fascinating to me because you can learn and get certified in things and you get college see credit crazy. Really? For courses, yep. A okay. lot of a lot of um, universities in the U.S. Um, recognize those courses as college for college credit, and okay. a lot of students these days are starting to do um, gap years and semesters abroad with Knowles. Oh, whoa! Yep. Holy. Okay, mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. All right, let's pour this. Glug, glug, glug. There it goes. Yay. And the celebration continues. The celebration is always going to (laughs) continue. Yay. All right. Cheers. Cheers, sister. Yay. And thanks for coming on the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. I am. When you asked me to do this podcast, I was really excited because my experience with Knowles, like I'm just a diehard fan for life. Mm-hmm. Um, my family donates because they've seen like oh, awesome. how powerful <gasps> being involved has um, been for me. Really? And so I'm like really excited to talk about it. Wow. That actually just gave me chills. That's really cool. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Um, so let's start with maybe the most obvious question. What is Knowles? <laughs> what does okay. it stand for? Knowles stands for the National Outdoor Leadership School. Okay. And their whole kind of premise is it's set in an outdoor setting, but it's um, teaching students is what you are when you're on a Knowles course, um, various types of leadership skills, um, both as a leader and a follower and in group settings. And I've really learned some very valuable skills in that regard that have translated to the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. 
I bet. Um, what led you to this originally? Like, why did you, how is it? I mean, people right now are probably hearing about this for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, not everybody, like I, I know a lot of people know Knowles, but a lot of people out there are going to be hearing about this for the first time. So how did you come across Knowles? Like how well, did you, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about that. Cause okay. it's kind of, I, I wasn't searching for an outdoor school at all. Um, and I, I wasn't necessarily looking for a lesson when I was originally looking for this, but I had just graduated from college. I was living in San Francisco and um, I really hated my job. I was really miserable. Mm-hmm. And I sort of felt just kind of like lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, what was the next right move for me? Mm-hmm. Um, but um, my junior year of college, I had picked up John Krakauer's Into Thin Air. Mm-hmm. And I had always been interested in the mountains. I always loved spending time in them. But I read this book and a fire was lit inside of me. I was like, I have to learn how to climb like this. Wow. Okay. I need to do this. Mm -hmm. And over the next year or so, I was just devouring um, mountaineering memoirs. Um, So at this kind of strange crux of my life, I decided that I needed, I needed to do this. And I also decided to go to grad school. So (laughs) I knew I could get my family's support if, um, and me like running off to the Himalaya, if I had been accepted into grad school. So that's what I did. So I got accepted. <laughs> I promise mom and dad, I'm coming back. Right. <laughs> but let me run away first. And then I, I quit my job. Yeah. And then I, I was, that's what I was looking for. Um, just, I really wanted to go to Nepal. I really wanted to go to the Himalaya. And I just got on the internet mm-hmm. and I just started researching and I just went down a bunch of wormholes. And mm-hmm. then I found it, um, a Knowles Himalaya mountaineering course in, in, in India. Um, and I looked into it. There are scholarships that you can apply for because they're they're not cheap, mm-hmm. but they give a lot of scholarship money out. Um, you oh, basically okay. just say why you need it, and, mm-hmm. you, um, and that's that. So I got the scholarship. Whoa! I got in because you have to apply. Yeah. Um, and then and I was off. Can you give us an idea of um, what? Well, okay, first of all, it depends on the length, and so I know yeah. that that matters when it comes to pricing. But depends did you get like a full scholarship? For I it? didn't, but okay. it was enough to to make it affordable for me. Okay, yeah, okay. So I got a scholarship for the first one, and the second one I could afford, which was on its own, just mm-hmm. fine. Um, and then I did get a partial scholarship again for the um, EMT course. Mm-hmm. But so they they're really into their. Um, their foundation and their community and their relationship with their donors and connecting them to students. So I, on the first course, I got a scholarship and then they ask you, please write a thank you note to your donors. So I got to write this thank you note and I like threw in there some like excerpts from my journal and I was talking about how powerful it was to me, sent it off. It felt really good. And then my parents saw how much like Mm. how powerful this was for me. So then they decided that they would um, donate to Knowles for their scholarship fund mm-hmm. every year. Mm. And they've started getting these thank you notes from <gasps> these other students. Yeah. And they're just like, they were like, this is the best thing ever. Oh, like we're seeing like so cool. these, we saw you change. We saw these other students' lives, yeah. like be so positively impacted by this. And anyway, I just think that's a really cool thing that they it do. It is. That just gave me chills again. Like, mm-hmm. wow. You can, when you, as a donor to see the direct results of like where, yep. what's happening, like in real people's lives, how life-changing that is. That's yeah. so cool. That's really cool. What so. a cool um, system. Yeah. Yes, that is. 
And how long was your My course um, was total of, it was just under two months. And the time, and that includes um, travel and meeting ahead of time Mm -hmm. and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. But, and then the total time we were out in the field, if you will, was 34 days. That is so crazy. Actually, no, I'm wrong. It was 38 days. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So what did, what was this like? So what did you sign up for? What was the program? So it was a mountaineering program, but what does I that mean? I signed up for um, Knowles Himalaya Mountaineering, Glacial Mountaineering. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the course structure was um, go out into the Himalaya for 38 days. And we, you know, we had an objective, like where we were going. Um, and our objective was to like get over this really high mountain pass uh, and then like come down this other way. So it wasn't an out and back. It was definitely like a very point to point. Mm-hmm. point to point. And then, um, one of my favorite parts of the whole thing is they build in these, um, like the last six or seven days of our trip where without our instructors and we were split into small groups and they were like, okay, you've learned all these skills. Mm-hmm. Here's a map. We're meeting in this random tiny village on yeah. in six days in this place. Show Get up. There. <laughs> Dude, Get there. Do you know what's so cool? Um, when I was in, Patagonia in, uh, hiking with, um, Ford, everybody's going to know what that, what that means. Um, I was, I, we were on the Carretera Austral. It was during that month that I was doing like this big, long road trip. And, um, we were hiking in a national park that's super remote. And we came across a group of people and there were like four or six of them, Sounds four to six of wow. them. Yeah. Maybe like, yeah, five or six. I don't know. And we, I mean, they were obviously like gringos. Like we could tell <laughs> that they, you know, spoke, spoke, you know, English, whatever. And so we stopped them and asked them like, what, you know, what are you guys doing? Like, it was a beautiful day. It was kind of like sun snow. It's actually kind of like today, like sun yeah. snowing, you know, and these, and it was freezing. And these people are like decked out in gear. I mean, they have all the things and they were huge backpacks like, and smelly. Yeah, totally. Yep. 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 <laughs> yes. All the things. And they were doing that part of their Knowles trip. That's it so, was cool. so cool. Yeah, they were like, yeah, four days ago we got dropped off and like this is where we're headed. And <laughs> and it was their last day. Like they had to be there by like 4 p.m. Yeah. And we, um, yeah, and we That's we had just cool. come up from where they were going. Wow. And so they, I, they had been four days in that wilderness. Like, yeah, but it was, that was the first that I had like really kind of heard about that experience of it. Like I had heard of Knowles, but like, really, I didn't know anything about it. So you guys did that, but for, for 10 days you were on your own? No, it was six days. Six days. So we were, um, out with our whole group and we had, um, three instructors and then an assistant instructor. And Mm -hmm. then we were like split into small groups and they were like, all right, see you when you see ya. And we all, each group, they just said, okay, well, we want this group to take this pass and this group to go down mm-hmm. this valley. So you guys don't run into each other. Right. Um, and you just have to make your own way. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it was cool. So how big was the group? Like the um, whole group? With the instructors, I actually had a pretty large group. We were 18. Oh, that's and not then, bad. Okay. And I was one of three girls. Wow. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Yeah. So, and, and it was what awesome. were the ages of everybody? The ages. I think, like, so um, I was 24. Yes. 
I was 24 and the youngest on our trip was turned 20 mm-hmm. on it. And then the oldest, I think he was, I want to say 27 or 28. Oh, wow. So yeah. everybody was young mm-hmm. in their 20s. Yeah. Okay. Is there an age limit? No. Or a require? Like- no. Actually, if you want me to talk about their, yeah, their sure. course structure. So they have um, a lot of their courses are geared They'll, and they'll say, if you go search on their website, what kind of class your course you're looking for. Um, like the, if you're like a high school or if you're a college, so bulk of them are geared towards college students and in 20s, young 20s. Okay. Um, and those courses are usually about a month long. And mine was longer because of the, des- the location. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they do semesters mm-hmm. and gap years. And then this is the course I did next. They do um, like a 23 and over course. And those are geared towards adults. And so, and they're shorter. They're usually two to three weeks long to be a little bit more respective, like an adult, a working adult scheduling. Uh, And then when I did one of those, I think it was two and a half weeks total. Um, I think the youngest was 24, 25 and the oldest was 34, 35. Okay. Yeah. All right. So they're like really geared towards a specific target audience, really, when they create these things. Yeah. I or maybe t- they're just trying to split people up, like according to. Yeah, I think yeah. they're the the ones that are twenty three and over. Are trying they try to get the older crowd, which is great, and then just mm-hmm. be respective of like the adult adult schedule. Right. Um, and then once you've completed a Knowles course, they offer Knowles alumni trips, where you can bring a family member or a friend on a bunch of them and cool. still maybe not get quite as like a challenging experience, but still get a taste of what it's like. Yeah. Um, and so they you do can show someone, mm-hmm. one of your friends or family or whatever. Cause I, I yeah. imagine a lot of these people probably go alone. Yes. And you went alone. I've never been on a two and course where somebody knew somebody else. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So tell us more about the India one. Cause that's where you ended up. Yes. What so look like? what this did you- one, okay. So, um, the meeting point was a hotel in New Delhi. Mm-hmm. So flew there, got there. And then, um, they connected all like every student who'd signed up ahead of time, like via a Facebook group or an mm-hmm. email. I forget what it was. Um, and then, so three of us or four of us decided to go early and we got into Delhi like four or five days ahead of um, the rest of the group. And so we had so much fun just getting to know each other and exploring this, the craziness that India yeah. is just totally wild. Um, and then when everyone got there, we, this, so we were in Delhi, which is kind of on the Eastern side of India. So then we took a this really crazy bus ride. I remember from um, New Delhi to Raniket, which is in the, northeastern state of Uttarakhand. And that's, yeah, very northeastern India. That's where like the Himalaya dip in and that's at the border of India with Nepal and okay. Tibet. Um, and so there's a Knowles headquarters in Raniket. And there's, so they have like bunk beds and um, like a ration place and all that stuff. So we got there and we had like a day of like a packing lesson and it was such an eye opener because we were going for such a long time. And so we had so much food and fuel that we needed to carry. Yeah. Um, oh man. That like yeah. you're all of your personal stuff, like, man, it just goes down. To like you wayside. just <laughs> yeah. have to, I think I had 
three pairs of underwear, two sports bras, like, and then you have a pair of socks to sleep in. You have two pairs of socks to hike in. And then you have a pair of socks for like lounging. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had one layering system. Okay. Like I had one shirt, one, this one vest. Yep. And like, yeah, that was it. Um, and then like your sunscreen and your toothpaste. Wow. You know, so. I love that though. Cause that's like, that is exactly how I pack for. Yeah. Like for my Patagonia trips and like these hiking trips. Cause and I say this on the podcast all the time, but you end up wearing the same thing every day when you're on the trail every day and no one cares because they're all wearing the same thing too. And so right. what you need is one really good system that you know that works. Exactly. And that's it. Yeah. And like some cotton clothes to change into afterwards. Did you have that? Like no. sleep clothes? You didn't no, know, no, man. no sleep clothes. Like, no, no I like, there's that one point where like, a base layer just went on me and just stayed on me. And they stunk so badly after this trip <laughs> that like no amount of washing could save them. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, I tried everything. <laughs> Baking soda, vinegar, like no, 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 no. just done. Um, so we're in Raniket and then, so we got really, we did like learn some basic Hindi. Um, we learned some basic mountaineering skills, some like basic knot tying, like all of that. We started there. Yeah. Um, and then we, they have this really elaborately and well-organized system for, um, for food and for bringing rations, mm-hmm. um, and how all of that is going to, um, play out. So they have this like separate building and at every North headquarters I've ever been to, it's the same. Um, and they have it all planned out for how many people, okay, we need two to 3000 calories a day. Um, and they organize it by tent group. So you're as like assigned your tent and like who you're in it with. Um, and you each, each tent group has a certain amount of shared, shared gear, including the food. Um, so we'd go and there's like this very elaborate system for measuring Mm -hmm. out and putting in plastic bags, like every little piece Mm -hmm. of food we needed. And we had no bars, no like instant, you know, hot water stuff. It was we cooked everything from scratch. Whoa. Yeah. We made pizzas. Um, we baked the guy who had his birthday on the trip, a cake at like 16,000 feet, which is like totally wild. We made a loaf of sourdough. Um, what? Yeah. We did all this. Yeah. And then, so, and then when we started hiking, we were making our way through the foothills. Mm -hmm. So we would run into like little villages and stuff. When we were lower down, you know, we'd grab some onions or some eggs and throw all that, um, in there. But it was actually like a really like well-rounded diet for like what you need, what your body needs, um, to kind of survive in those conditions. So yeah, that was the next thing. So we started, we started our, our journey and so at first we we're like making our way through, um, it was like, I want to say like th- three or four days of just hiking on like a normal trail. There's <laughs> that like connect the villages. Mm-hmm. Um, and then beyond that, it was, we got to, uh, it was called like camp zero. And that was at 14,000 feet. And that's like where the snow started. Um, and then we got there, we had like like snow skill school. So we'd practice oh, wow. cool. um, with like our ice axes and our crampons, like how to self-arrest, how to um, arrest this person. And then we started working on um, group glacial travel and crevasse rescue. And we practiced all of that stuff before we actually got on to the glaciers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then we just started going up from there. So 
we're already getting into really high altitude mm-hmm. and there's a kind of a really good rule in mountaineering for healthy acclimatization. Did I say that right? Acclimatization. Acclimatization. Acclimatization is like climb high, sleep yeah. low. So we have so much gear. We have all this food and fuel. Um, so we would make camp, sleep there. And then the next day we would take a bunch of this extra gear that we didn't need right then. And we'd go climb up to where like the next camp would be. Yeah. And then you cache it, you bury it in the snow, stick a few flags so okay. you can mark it um, and then go back down and sleep there. And then the next day or the day after, then we would move our whole camp uh-huh. up. And then you just kind of keep working your way Whoa. up like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we were, yeah, we were out there for 38 days. So just pretty wild. <laughs> and then so like, wild. Yeah, no, it was totally wild. Um, and then of course, like there's a lot of people and people go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So um, when we weren't on a glacier, when at these lower camps, like we would just like dig a latrine, if you will. And mm-hmm. then it was snowballs for toilet paper. Okay. Because like you just can't pack out that much. Toilet paper. Yeah. Toilet paper. It's just not an option. Snowballs for toilet Snowballs, paper. which was actually not that bad. But then this is the crazy part is, so when you make a camp on a glacier, um, you basically st- all stay roped in together, like with your tools, like ready to go. And then you stake out a perimeter where, you know, there's not a snow covered crevasse okay. and you, you stake it out. And then that's your perimeter. So when you need to go to the bathroom, it's like, I mean, I definitely had to go pee once when basically everyone could see it's sort of just like, turn around guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's like life on a glacier part of it, but it was pretty fun. Like we, I can't even, this all sounds like so like intense, which it was very intense and it was mentally challenging in a lot of ways. But I will say this, we had so much fun and, um, you, this group of people, I just, you just become so deeply bonded with like two of them were at my wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, you, like you're just, yeah, your friend's for life, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a blast with that. And then the other kind of really crazy thing uh, for me was, I remember the first night where, so we were at Camp Zero and we're, so we're in the mountains and um, we're surrounded, like we're in a, an arena of over 20,000 foot peaks. Just oh my gosh. is wild. And I remember the first night I was laying there and I, was like half asleep and I was dreaming that I heard um, like waves in the ocean crashing. Like, you know, when you're staying by the beach, mm-hmm. you can like hear the water. And I woke up and I realized it was avalanches. Oh, just like, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it would, there would be a big snowfall and we would um, just watch these massive avalanches that are like bigger than anything that could occur in the United States. Whoa. Like it was mind-boggling just like on the peaks in the distance uh-huh. but yeah yeah it was wild because they're so steep and they're so yep. high like they just get mm-hmm. a bunch of snow and it all slides wow. so it was wild that is crazy so that was cool um and then yeah and then there was like 1.2 we were like pretty high up I think we we're at a camp that was around 18,000 feet and we got a huge storm mm. um and it couldn't find us in our tents for like three or four days And all you can do is wait. It's like this white out massive storm. Um, And I just remember, so like we would, so all of our tent sizes were three to four person tents. Mm -hmm. 
we had like a, I remember at one point, like 12 of us crammed into like a four person tent and y'all it stank so bad. <laughs> Because we're not bathing. Yeah. Right. Like, That's one thing you're not doing with snowballs up there. <laughs> we're like, yeah. no, we're washing our hands with soap and water, but that's yeah. about it, Yeah, you know? Um, but it was pretty bad. And then, too, like our rations for that section were starting to get really, really low. We had already, like, cooked and eaten through all the good stuff. And we oh, were, like, shoot. had oatmeal for breakfast and dinner. Like, oh, but man. we would just change the seasoning. Like, for breakfast, we put cinnamon on it. For dinner, like, salt and pepper or something. Oh, like, God. just, like, getting down here. And I just remember this. We were all just, like, laying there in our stinky filth. And we all spent, like, a good hour or half an hour each, like, describing the meal we wished we could have oh, right no. then. Which yeah. was torture. But it was fun. Yeah. And um, yeah. So is that's the kind of, that's where you ask yourself, am I still having fun? Like, is yeah. it still worth it? Is this still fun? Um, that's like type two fun. Yeah. Like after the fact, it's like you can laugh about it, but in the moment, totally. you kind of wish you could have a big meal and oh, a hotbed. And, definitely. Yeah. Oh man. But then, so I have like two more things I think for me that were like, when is a surprising thing I learned about being in the glaciers like that. And another thing that was like profound for me. Um, so we, one day I'll tell the first story. It was really sunny out like, and we were just getting full glare up for like, you know, from the snow and the ice. Um, and I remember I had so much sunscreen on my face and it's really, it was really hot. Mm-hmm. Like we were just baking. It was like, it, we could have been in the Sahara. Like wow. it was so hot, which was shocking. And you're just sweating just completely. Um, and then I had sun, like I had a buff, you know, covering yeah. my face, but the sweat, because I had a helmet and a hat on was like dripping down my face. So I kept like lifting up my buff to like wipe the sweat because like sunscreen was starting to run into my eyes. Yeah. And then by the time we got to the camp that we were going to be at, my jaw and my chin were so badly sunburned that they blistered. <gasps> like Ooh. it was, it was like something else. Because it rubbed off of your. Yeah. Oh basically. yeah. And I think it took us like, I want to say nine to 11 hours to get from A to B. Mm-hmm. where we were going. So it was like a long, slow sludge up in the snow and the sun just getting baked. Oh, Yeah, it was brutal. Ouch. So, yeah. So that was like, that was something else. So reapply gla- glacier. Reapply sunscreen when on a glacier, like constantly. Just stay as covered as possible. Yeah. Like sunscreen didn't even cut it. Yeah. You know. So it was like when we were in Jordan, I was on Jackie's trip in Jordan mm-hmm. where you, we, like we were long pants and long sleeves mm-hmm. every day and a hat. Like we were just covered. In the middle of the desert. In the desert. Yep. You just have yeah. to be covered, which yep. actually was really cool. It was great. It was great. Yeah. Cause we didn't burn. Like nobody no, really burned. And it like yeah. kept you cooler. Mm-hmm. Strangely. Strangely. Yep. <laughs> but so that was cool. And then the other thing too was, um, and this is, so on this trip as crazy as all this sounds, like I became addicted to the mountains and, and to climbing like that, like being in that, um, in those really extreme conditions and like with a team that you just learn to communicate with Mm -hmm. outwards with, um, and just like being out there, it was just, 
like something in my soul, I was 24 years old that I didn't even know was within me was just like woken up. Yeah. And I didn't even know that that was something inside me, Mm -hmm. um, which was really cool. And then the other thing too, which was so wonderful. Um, and it was such a blessing in my life. And it has been every time I've returned to the mountains like that is that being so far removed for so long, because we didn't have cell phones, we didn't have any touch with the outside world, Mm -hmm. but we are just out there. Um, it just gave me this like almost bird's eye perspective on my life Mm. and the direction I was headed in and um, like where I'd come from, where I was going. And it really, at that point, like laser focused for me, um, what at the time was what I really wanted and where I wanted to go and who I wanted to be. Because when I graduated college, I was like, what? Um, Now what? Like, I think I know what I want, but I'm not really sure, like, who am I now that I'm not in this sport and in this club and taking these classes? Like, what? What's left. Right. Right. And um, so that experience was, yeah, um, I met me. Oh, my gosh. You know? Yeah. So it was, it was really, it was amazing. Yeah. And then, um, two, so two friends that I was on this trip with. There are these guys who I lived in a tent with this whole time. Um, somehow. <laughs> but we, um, they didn't have plans after. And I had had plans to go um, work for an NGO in Kathmandu, Nepal, following this course. So they were like, they tagged along. They came over. And then the three of us, from everything we had just learned in these, you know, six weeks or so, um, were able to plan and organize, gain permits from the Nepalese government, um, our own expedition um, in the Annapurna range of the Himalaya in Nepal. And we were like, yeah, (laughs) not going to lie. We got our butts whooped. Mm -hmm. It was a real eye opener, but it was incredibly empowering to be like, okay, in this course, I just learned everything I needed to go do this on my own in like a really safe and responsible way. With buddies. With friends. Yeah. Yeah, with partners to do it with. Right. Who I had just spent all this time developing mm-hmm. this trust with. Yep. To make good decisions because none of this is dangerous. I mean, none of this is safe terrain that we're that we were on yeah. ever, you know. Um yeah. Yeah. So it was wow. great. How long were you gone? I was gone, I think a total of three months. And then I got when I got back, um, I had like two days. Uh, I went to my parents' house. I had like two days. And then I got in my car and I drove to Mississippi and I started grad school. (laughs) So at least you still wanted to do grad school. Like you were on the right path. Mm -hmm. That's super um, important, powerful, I guess, too, to Mm -hmm. recognize because that could have all gone out the window, too. It could have. And then you just change your plan, I guess. Yeah. But... Were your parents so happy to hear from you after the 38 days? They were. They were. Like, and you you couldn't even get in touch with them right away. It wasn't until back, I think, when we were back to Delhi. Mm. um, Wow. When I, like, emailed them or, like, FaceTimed them or something. And they, like, didn't even recognize me. Oh, my god! I was so, like, weathered and just... (laughs) Blistered. Like, like... you know. Yeah. It was awesome, though. Yeah. It was awesome. so cool. Yeah. Oh so, gosh. but yeah, it was like, yeah, it was 
like 38 or 39 days that I went without a bath. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was fun. That's great. And that yeah. was your first one. That was your first intro yes. to this whole world. Yeah. And now you have like big goals. You want to like climb big things. Yeah. yeah. What are your What are your big? I goals? um I think so. There was a while there. Where, okay. Well, I definitely want to go back to the Himalaya. Um, it, it's just there's something so magical and powerful um about that part of the world, like. Yeah, it's just, it's hard to, like, put into words. It's just, like, a it's, like, a feeling, Mm -hmm. like, in you that you, it's so hard to describe. Yeah. Um, But I definitely, I think at that time, I was definitely, like, oh, man, I want to climb, like, the 8,000-meter peaks, which, for those of you who don't know, there's only 14 in the world that are over 26,000 feet, Everest being the tallest. But I definitely was, like, oh, man, I want to go after the 8,000-meter peaks, which I think I'd like to do one at some point. But, um. I think my interests have shifted now to just continuing to challenge myself with harder and harder projects um, mm-hmm. and to just keep developing my skills. Um, and it's really fun to do that with people who are, it's great to go out with people you trust, but somebody who's a little bit better at you in one area mm-hmm. and then someone who's not as good about you in another area. And then you all just mentor and mm-hmm. grow learn from each other from each other and yeah i think that's one thing i love so much about the climbing community is that um climbers don't become climbers without a mem without a mentor yeah. so it's just this really shared beautiful yeah. thing yeah and everyone just like respects that so everyone's into teaching and mm-hmm. i i've never met somebody who was even the most advanced climbers that i've ever met who would turn down a novice or hmm. somebody newer because they're like, yep, let's go. Wow, yeah. yeah. That's so that's really... super fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man. And then, so let's talk quickly also about the other two that you did because that was massive. That one was, like, yeah. huge. But you've done huge. two other Yale's yeah. courses. Totally different, though. Totally different. Wait, oh, I have a question still. Did you get some sort of certification, or was there something um, at the end I of that? I got my, um, I got my, I walked away from that with my Avalanche Level 1 certification. Wait, no, I didn't. That was the other one. Okay. Um, I didn't get a certification, but I walked away with letters of recommendation from my instructors, um, in different and various types of leadership skills. And then for me, I basically, like we graduated Mountaineering 101. Okay. Or even 103. Yeah. I mean, I would say, yeah. For for that type of Mountaineering. So, um, and uh, if you want to sign up for other climbs or if you want to get people to trust you, which can be hard to do, it's like you say, okay, well, I have this under my belt. Mm -hmm. And it's, kind of universally recognized in the climbing community. Like, okay, if you've done a Knowles course, then I trust and believe that you have X, Y, and Z skills, Mm -hmm. that um, you're a really good teammate. Yeah. Like, you're going to look out for me and I'm going to look out for you. You know what you're doing. And you know how to communicate about it. And you are not embarrassed to say that you're not comfortable with something or you don't know how. Mm -hmm. So that um, that's actually carried a lot of weight. Okay. Yeah. And to other things. Um, but no, the letters of recommendation, I've like 
continue to use, especially those instructors as references mm. um, for different things, because of course, yeah, they swear, I lived with them in the wilderness <laughs> for two months. They yeah. got to see the good, bad and the ugly side of me. They really got to see my weaknesses and learn my strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I found that, too, that that has mattered a lot to people. So that's been really cool. Wow. Mm-hmm. What a, that's so valuable. Something to like take forward like that. Yeah, totally. I mean, besides all the memories and the fun and like right. the skills and yeah. there's like so much in that. There is big time. So that was really cool. Okay. And then, so you said you got the Avi cert in a, in a different one. In a so different course. You did one in the Tetons and actually you did two in Wyoming then, right? Um, because no, we were in Idaho. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so tell us about this real quick. So, okay. So I just did this course. I did all this stuff. I'm totally hooked. I'm like, <laughs> now you're in grad and, uh, school. Like, yeah. Dang then I'm it. realizing like, <laughs> I need well, else. shoot. Like, first of all, there are no mountains here. Second of all, um, I need to learn how to backcountry ski because you can get way deeper into the mountains, way faster and more efficiently on skis than you can on foot. So I got to learn this thing. <laughs> next project. Next. Yeah. So then um, I found out that Nulls did um, a 23 and over, so geared towards adults, um, backcountry skiing course. And this one in particular was in the Tetons, um, just outside of Driggs. Mm-hmm. That's where their headquarters is, okay. in Driggs, Idaho. In Idaho. Yeah. Um, and it was like over one of my Christmas breaks in grad school. So I signed up for that. Yeah, I went, I like, it's like mom and dad, like I'm not coming to Christmas. I'm doing this instead. (laughs) I'll see you later. And then I went out with, on this one, it was two instructors and I think it was eight students. So there's like 10 of us, I want to say. And actually this course was shorter, but it was way more challenging in a lot of other ways for me than the other one. Like they were 40 days on a glacier. They were night and day experiences, like totally different. So um, yeah, we, we had a few days in drags at the headquarters again, like learning basic skills before we headed out. Um, We had like avalanche class, like the elect the lecture of it, if you will. And when we were out, it was like the lab. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I did the lecture in the lab. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we did all that. And then we set off with our sleds. So we had, like, harnesses. Mm-hmm. And then we were, we dragged sleds of all of our equipment and gear. All um, of you? Yeah, we all did. Wow. We all okay. had a sled. Because, so when you're out in the snow, it was the same in the um, Himalaya, all of your water you have to make from snow. And you have to drink a lot of water. So you need a lot of fuel mm-hmm. to go to melt the snow, mm-hmm. make your water. Um, so it's a ton to bring okay. for 10 people for two weeks. Yeah. Um, so we all had a sled and we would kind of just, so we had like a goal of like a couple of places we wanted to sort of have a base camp. So we would like, we would travel in and then our first couple of camps, we learned all these different types of snow shelters you can make. Um, and the easiest one was like, you dig a pit in the ground and then you put a tarp over it like a tent, Mm -hmm. um, because snow is very insulating, insulating. Mm -hmm. And then the places that we are going to stay longer, we built snow shelters that were like much more substantial. So we dug snow caves, we dug and built and shaped snow caves. Um, and they were like shockingly warm because this was the really hard part for me was it was this whole two weeks 
it got above zero one time. <gasps> oh, and it, I don't when know. Did if they do this, this like was, in the middle of winter? This was yeah, it was over Christmas. Oh yeah, Christmas. At Christmas beginning of January. Christmas I think it was 2014, oh, 2013. Man. Um, it was brutal. Like I, it, I had more layers for this trip. And bigger down booties and stuff than I did in the Himalaya, mm-hmm. like which was in the spring when I did that, and it was really, um, it was so mentally challenging because you're but. always cold. I, you know, we were like eating. I'm not kidding you, like sticks of butter for calories because Oof. we it was like if we weren't moving, you we were starting to freeze. So we would like be out like cooking dinner and stuff, like doing jump squats. Like mm-hmm. we made up these little dances that we could do to like keep our bodies moving and stay warm. And then um, we would like, and this is so funny for if most, none of you know me, but I'm like really into like nutrition and like feeding your body well. But like I would, we would like stash chocolate and like Snickers bars in our sleeping bags and like wake up in the night shivering. You do a bunch of crunches or like some push-ups in your bag and you like inhale a Snickers bar and then you put the log on the fire. Just keep it going. So it was like this for two weeks. Oh my gosh. That sounds kind of miserable. Yeah, it was hard. I remember. um, So on all of these two, which has been really cool, I've like kept pretty detailed journals because there's plenty of times when you're climbing and moving and shoveling and all this stuff, but then you have plenty of downtime. Um, Mm -hmm. And you read a lot, which is great, and journal. So I have, I basically wrote a book when I was in um, in oh, India. Mm-hmm. But on this trip, I bought like a smaller notebook. But I just remember at one one day, like I couldn't even grip my pen correctly. I just like, you know, like you do like the claw like yeah. around it. Um, I at the top of the page, I just wrote what the temperature was, and then I wrote the the full version, of course effing cold in all caps. And I remember like the next going back and looking in that journal, because it's all I could get out, you know, (laughs) going back in that journal, the next like five or six days, I just, you know, you write the little like quote marks to like say like, I repeat what I said yesterday. It was just like, okay. (laughs) Repeat, repeat, repeat. Oh my God. Yeah. So it was hard, but, um, but I, we learned how to backcountry ski. So mm-hmm. using like the AT setup, mm-hmm. um, we learned how to like dig pits and test the snowpack and learned about what the snow was doing. Um, and then, so when we had this base camp, we would like do day trips. So we would go out, like skin up a peak and then ski down, which was, I had never skied like that before. And it just blew my mind. I was like, oh my God, like I could never love anything more ever oh. again. Um, so, and then we, we did, we had these gorgeous sunny days that were just beautiful, but cold, but (laughs) but really, but really effing cold, (laughs) really cold. I definitely walked away with a little bit of frostbite, like nothing terrible Mm. at, at this point, but, um, but it was amazing. And then again, too, incredible instructors who give you the feedback, the good, the bad, and the ugly, mm-hmm. the encouragement, everything. Um, and then everyone on this course too is from a completely different walk of life, mm-hmm. but everyone showed up kind of like they do on your trips. When they sign up, it's like, all right, I don't know what you're going to be like, or if we're going to get along, but I know we have something in common because we both wanted to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And I have to say, I've only ever met the most incredible people on these trips. Amazing. Yeah. So, and then we did, we ended this course with, um, we got our Abbey level one certification. Okay. Yeah. So, and that was, it was awesome. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. 
And then what was the last one that you did? And then the last one I did was I, it was totally different than any of this. I did, um, I got my EMT and my woofer or my wilderness first responder Mm -hmm. certification from Knowles. And their main headquarters is in Lander, Wyoming, which is where they have all of their offices. Um, And then just, I think it's like 13 miles outside of Lander, they have their wilderness medicine campus which is amazing. It's like, basically it's on the edge of the wind river range Ooh, yeah. and um, it's lead platinum. So like they have oh, this wow. building that's lead plat lead platinum. And then you stay in these cabins, but you can bring your car, you can drive into town, you can go get a beer, you can go to the grocery store, mm-hmm. whatever. But so every day you're still in civilization, you're still yeah. kind of in civilization. Like we're out here. Um, but they have the most amazing instructors again, incredible people in this beautiful place. Um, and I was going to say like, too, I'm so glad I did my experience with Knowles because they don't, they don't just teach you like how to be an EMT, like at a hospital, they teach you how to do those things. Like they, you get both, you do, how do I do this? And like at the city, if I go work there, mm-hmm. but how do I do this? Like, cause it's a completely different approach. If you're three days out, yeah, in the woods right. from civilization. Like, how do you care for somebody with all these different types of things? Um, and we, they did all these, like, they would do, like, scenarios um, where they would, like, drive us out in the middle of the night and, like, drop us off and be like, okay, you have two people with a broken leg. Like, someone's unconscious and, like, get them back. Like, mm. figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, you know, so yeah. that was fun. Um, but it was awesome. Like, I learned so much. And then... Like afterwards, I went to work for um, the Big Sky Fire Department as a on-call EMT. And it was like, it went ain't nothing after that. <laughs> You're which like, I cool. got this. <laughs> which is really cool. Yeah. It's, it's like I walked away like so confident and so sure of myself and those, like every diff- any possible situation you could imagine. Wow. Um, which can be like really scary when someone is dead or might be dying right. or, you know. So that was cool. It was a very empowering experience. Man, you have some skills under your belt now after all of this. I learned a thing or two. I'll a tell thing you what. Or two. Oh my gosh, yeah. you also went through the ringer to do it. But how fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could also take an online class from home that like teaches you a thing or two about these things. Or you can go to the Himalaya or the Tetons and like yeah. get your hands in it and... Yeah. And they do everything. They have um, sailing. Like they do a sailing course where you're like on little monoholes for a month, like off the coast of Mexico. Mm -hmm. And they do sea kayaking and they have climbing, backpacking and like trekking. Mm -hmm. So whatever sort of level you want there. It's just, yeah, it's cool. Lots of options for lots Lots. of interests. Exactly. Because I'm pretty sure... What I've read of Into into Thin Air is impressive, but it did not make me feel like, <laughs> oh, I need to do this. Like, I watched those documentaries and I could barely stomach it. Like, I'm like, I have to like close my eyes when it gets like stormy or steep. Like, I can't handle it. And meanwhile, you're like, oh, that sounds nice. I'll have that. Like, eh, well, it's a it's, different world, man. Yeah. Like, well, it's one of those things, too, where it's like it's like every time I like go out, it's either like. I get pushed to my edge of my comfort zone or just beyond it. Mm -hmm. And then, and then you find out like, oh, like I'm okay. 
Like I yeah. got this. Yeah. And then, and then the next time it's like push a little bit past that one mm-hmm. and a little past that one. And then you're like, Oh, and then <laughs> you're in it and it's hard and it's suffering. It's like, I have to say it's true. It's type two fun. And then you walk away and you're like, wow, wow. Like what changed in me? What changed in my relationships with the world? Um, when can I go back? Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. That, I feel like that's super relatable. Like what you just kind of encapsulated with that, that is the magic of, I would say travel too. Like getting outside your comfort zone. That's what it is Mm -hmm. because you find out what you're capable of and that can be addicting. Yeah. That alone, like that learning process, that discovery process of what happens Mm -hmm. in yourself is addicting in the best way because it's so empowering. Like you said, you go and you meet yourself. It's like, there's some other part of you that exists out there that you have to dig for. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Do you know what? This is like slightly off topic, but not really. My dad told me, I think a year or two ago, um, he was reading like a, upon like um, good leadership practices in the workplace and just like in the corporate world. And, um, one of the, and they did a bunch of studies, um, to like test all this. And he said, one of the biggest things he read that surprised him, but not really when he thought about it was that human, the human brain is hardwired to learn and is hardwired to be challenged and stimulated. And that's why that stepping, pushing yourself out of your side of your comfort zone a little bit, like learning something new is so addictive because, we need that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to thrive and to, to, to like feel alive, you know? Yeah. So, and we crave like, the challenge. Yeah. And once you realize you can do it too. Right. Then it's like, what else can I do? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you know, and I think sometimes like for a lot of people, there's like a, that like doing something new or learning something new either has like the stigma of being like, um, like work. Like it's, you know, mm. like it's, you have to effort into something yeah. and then that's like what turns people off, right. but it's like, so not, but nothing, what is it? Nothing ever worth doing is easy. Yeah. If it's worth doing, it's probably going to be challenging in some yeah. way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. That's true. But anyway, I love Noel's. Oh, cool. Yay. Likes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to like send my, my kids on the Noel stuff. Yeah. Daryl and I have started doing like research onto it. Noel's alumni trip we want to do. Yay. I was, I was like, going to ask you if you're going to take him. Yeah, totally. So <laughs> that's going to be an eye opener yeah. for him. I think. Yeah. I think he'll, I think he'll be yeah. great. I think he'll yeah. love it. No, he would love, love it. it. He's going to be hooked too. I think that's so cool. Yeah. Hey, well, thank you so much for sharing all your stories you're and such detailed information about these courses and um yeah it's like super inspiring and impressive and yeah cheers well cheers thank you for having me (laughs) all right guys i hope you found that as interesting as i did it is amazing to me just how many structured programs there are out there that we can sign up for or apply to, just like how I did my study abroad programs in Brazil and France, or how people do TEFL courses, learning how to teach English overseas. It seems there are endless ways for us to explore the skills that we want to develop personally 
while we're traveling. It's like win-win. And Chelsea's stories and experiences with Knowles are perfect examples of that. So here's your daily dose of encouragement and inspiration to, you know, get on the internet, do some research. You never know what you might find, just like how Chelsea stumbled upon the perfect program for what she was looking for. There are so many options out there that are available to us if we just decide to look for them, you know? So that's all for today. Thank you so much for being here. I hope to see you right back here for the next episode. Safe travels, everybody. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.